0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Activate Podcast, and my name is Pastor Jill Pelkey. If you'd like to hear more sermons from the Activate Podcast, you can check it out on soundcloud.com. You uh, just search Activate or Jillian Pelkey. Same with iTunes or YouTube. Today, we're going to take a look at 2 Corinthians. But before we do, we're going to pray, and then we'll jump right into it. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence, the opportunity to hear from you, the opportunity to serve you. And God, I pray that today our eyes would be open to just a glimpse of who you are and your love for us and what you're doing. God, may we just for a moment Take in your majesty and your power and your might and realize who you are. God, I thank you for the opportunity to look into your word, which is truth, the opportunity to look into your word, which changes us and challenges us and helps us to grow. God, I pray that you would bless us, that your face would shine upon us, that God, you would give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to take a look um, in 2 Corinthians at a pretty famous uh, chapter and verse, 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to be talking about treasures in jars of clay. And a jar of clay means something super common. So putting a treasure inside something super common. And most of us already are pretty aware that this is God inside of us, that we are common and God, a treasure, is inside of us. His Holy Spirit is inside of us. Now, uh, we're going to take a look first before we get to the super famous Second Corinthians 4. We're going to take a look back in the Gospel of John. And this is Jesus speaking to the religious people of the day. And we're going to look in John eight thirty one To the Jews who had believed in him... Jesus said this, he's talking to the religious people, the Jewish people who have followed the law. And he says, if, you got that? If you hold to my teachings, if, if you hold to my teachings, you really are my disciples. Then, so we got if, then, if you hold to my teaching, then you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free first thing first, hold to my teaching, then you will be set free. It's not freedom, and then start doing the right thing. If you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I believe that to mean that as we walk, through, walk out the things that God has asked us to do, as we walk out the commands in Scripture, as we walk out the whisper of the Holy Spirit in our heart to do things, and we walk that out, then we will know true freedom. Why? Because then we won't be living common lives. We'll be living supernatural lives empowered by the Spirit because there is no way that I can keep all 10 commandments as a common jar of clay. The only way that I can keep all 10 commandments is by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. The only way that I can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God Is because of God. So if I hold to God's teaching, it's because I have the Holy Spirit inside me. And only then, as I'm walking through the things that God has asked me to do, has called me to do, then I will be free. So many times we take that second thing, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We walk through these things. We walk them out. We live them out. And as we live out these great things that God has for us to do, then we know truth. We know it to be true because we walk through it, because we lived through it, because we wrestled through it, we groveled through it, we walked through the mud, and we came out the other side, and the truth is God is faithful. We can say with such a surety that God stays with us closer than a brother. We can say with all confidence, my God is not a liar. My God is true because we've lived it. If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He goes on and now I want to look at verse 37 He's talking again to the Jewish people, to the religious people of the day, and he says these words, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. You are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. This echoes what we just talked about. The Jewish people wanted to kill Jesus because they didn't want to listen to what he had to say. The same is true in my life. I want to push Jesus away. I want to rationalize my disobedience. I want to make excuses and justify why I'm not following the word of God. That's killing Jesus in my life. That's just what he's saying here. You're trying to kill me because you have no room for the word in your life. And the same can be said of us when we push God away. It's because we don't want to make room for his word. We don't want to make room for the things that he has called us and asked us to do. And it is so common and easy and acceptable to justify that. It's so easy to justify it because the things that God asks us to do are supernatural. And nobody expects them because they're creative, because they're different, because they're unique, because it's paving a way where nobody's gone before. It's prayer closet time that no one sees. It's helping people that nobody knows that you helped. It's rescuing people who are are sick and dying in their spiritual lives. And nobody sees that. So if you don't do it, nobody knows. Except for the Holy Spirit, except for God who has called you and asked you to do these things because you are the light of the world, because you are the salt of the earth, because you are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. You are Jesus on this earth. You are his hands, his feet. Through him, all things are possible. And the things that he's asked you to do are possible. But we become just like the religious people. And we don't make room for the word of God. How can we be free We are all bound up and anxious and and full of tension in our lives because we're not free. Why? We have to take all this step backwards. We gotta go to point A. If you wanna be free, hold to God's teaching or make no room for him. And in a sense, just like the Jewish people, we crucify Jesus. Now, with this overlay, Let's go over to 2 Corinthians with this idea that if we make room for Jesus in our lives, if we depend on him, if we are full of the Holy Spirit, we will be free. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about this treasure. He talks about, uh, is the Apostle Paul, talking about our weakness made strength. And I said before, we can't do any of these things except by the Holy Spirit. I can't will myself to be a better Christian. It comes on, on time spent on my knees before the Lord. It comes on walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It comes by w- praising what I don't feel like praising. It's clapping my hands when I don't want to clap. It's raising my arms to the Lord and surrender when I don't want to surrender. It's disciplining myself to become more like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. The best times of worship in my life, the most meaningful times of worship in my life are times when I am full of deep sorrow, when I'm full of angst and grief. And I lift my hand anyway and I say, God, you are God anyway. Nothing has changed about your majesty. Even though I'm walking through this trial, nothing has changed about the glory of who you are. Those are times when you know truth and the truth sets you free. Because you've held to his teaching and his teachings are true and they're straight lined and they go forward for an affinity time. It reminds me of a math graph where you have uh, this line with an arrow and it goes on for affinity. That's the truth of God. It goes on for affinity. It keeps going. No matter how curvy we get, no matter what our circumstances, the truth is the truth. God is God. His promises are yes and amen. The same from the beginning until the end, and they're the same today. In 2018, they're the same today. The promises that were given to my grandparents and my great-grandparents and my great-great-grandparents are the same today, and they'll be the same for my children and their children. My God is true. He is not a liar. He is true. And if I hold to his teaching, if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, I've made room for him, and I'm free. This freedom is personified, or or personified is the wrong English word, I'm sorry for the English people out there, is is made an example of in this treasure of of jars of clay. Imagine a jar, a clay jar is so super common, so super common, and now a treasure is put inside. It's like um, a plastic cup. That's really common. You're not going to put a diamond necklace inside a red Solo cup. That would be a foolish place to keep a diamond necklace. Wouldn't you rather put your diamond necklace in a beautiful jewelry box or a display case? But no, a diamond necklace in a red Solo cup. Easily lost, spilled, misplaced, thrown away. But God chose us, common And when we start to think, I'm not common, I know I'm special. You are special because you are designed and created by the creator. You are unique and designed on purpose. But when, when compared to the God of the universe, when you compare yourself to the God of the universe, you are common. And the God of the universe decides to put himself inside you by his spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. When I walked up to this pulpit to record this message, I started to walk, and this voice in my head said, Walk with confidence, Jill. Walk right up there with confidence. And then this competing voice said this, no, rather walk on your knees in humility because you know everything that you have comes from Jesus. I don't walk in my own confidence. I don't walk with my head held high because I know who I am and I'm special. I walk with my head held high because I carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that makes me want to walk on my knees and surrender. That makes me want to give all glory to God. That makes me want to lay, lay flat on the ground and prostrate before God and say, God, you are God and I am not. I know that everything that I am comes from you. And anything that I could go after in this world, anything that I could accomplish in this world on my own, would be worth so little, would be nothing in comparison to God, what you want to accomplish by your spirit through me. I am but a vessel 2 Corinthians 4 goes on in verse 8 and says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. that Which is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Friends, how can we face trials? Of many kinds. How can we be uh, crushed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, abandoned? And walk with joy. Because we know the treasure that's inside of us. Because we know that we are but a cup carrying a diamond necklace. We know what's inside of us. There are declarations we can make every day. As we get out of bed in the morning, there are things that we can say that are true, that remind us of the mission. My God is on the throne. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. My name is written on his hand. One day I will leave this earth and go and be with God in heaven. I will sit at a place at the marriage supper of the Lamb. My destiny, my eternity is solid. When we take every day and we look at it through the lens that Jesus is on the throne, that's not a cliche saying. It's not a trite thing. It's not an afterthought. Today, Jesus is on the throne. And what does that mean? That means when all of these things in life come around you, and these voices start to say things in your, in your mind, you're not a good mother, you're not good at your job, you're no good at housekeeping, you're no good at uh, keeping up with this or keeping up with that or doing this or accomplishing that, you're no good, you're not great enough, you're never going to be good enough. Look at this person, look at that person. Turn your eyes back on the one who sits on the throne. Turn your eyes back on Jesus. And remind yourself, yeah, I am a cup carrying a diamond necklace. But guys, guess what? There's a diamond necklace inside me. There's the spirit of the living God inside me. And through him, because of him, I'm renewed day by day. Because of him, I take heart. I take heart. I take courage. I am encouraged. I don't have to compare myself to any other person. I'm encouraged because the living God lives inside of me. And he directs me and he guides me day by day. And his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. And so, whether or not I have done great things in the past, today is a new day. And I rise up in the morning, I say, God, you are on the throne, you are God, and I will listen to you. I will hold to your teachings, and then I will be free. I will walk your way, I will walk this straight line your way. I will say no to the devil today. I will say no to evil today. I will say no to things that are just on the line and kind of okay. I will say no and I will walk towards you, Jesus. And then I'm going to know the truth and the truth is going to set me free. When we're free, when we're free, the troubles of this world come into a timeline. They're momentary. The troubles of this world are momentary. We walk through hard things, friends, but they're momentary blips in light of eternity. My God is on the throne. I am on mission. And I am not going to let the voices of other people, the voices of the devil, bring me down. I'm going to rise and call my God, God. I'm going to rise and say, my Jesus is on the throne. I'm going to walk through whatever I'm walking through. Because even though things are coming at me, even though I'm hard pressed on every side, I will not be crushed because my God is leading me. I will not be crushed today. I will not be crushed today. I will not be in despair today. Because my eyes will look towards Jesus. And when despair begins to whisper in my ear, when people begin to say things to me, I will turn my eyes to Jesus. I will remind myself that though I may feel common, there is a treasure inside me, the Holy Spirit. And I'll say, God, you're still on the throne. I will not despair. How can I despair when you're on the throne? God, you see what's happening to me. You see this situation here and now. Your mercies are new every morning. And day by day, you promise to be with me. I will not despair. Verse 9 says, persecuted but not abandoned. If anyone's feeling abandoned today, turn your eyes to Jesus. Spend time in his presence. He has not abandoned you. People may abandon you. Family may abandon you. Listen, it's true. I've walked through it. He will not abandon you. He will not abandon you. He lives inside of you. Struck down, but not destroyed. The man and woman of God, we are not destroyed. Though things come at us and we may feel like we have nothing, we may feel like we are Job where everything has been taken from us, we are not destroyed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is still in us. We may lose things. We may lose people. We may lose position. We may lose power, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Take heart. Take heart. Death is coming after you. It says, but we need to be full of life the life of the spirit, my body's going to waste away. One day I will no longer be here, but my soul and my spirit will be in heaven with Jesus. We have treasure in our common lives. We have the treasure of Jesus Christ in us. When you face a trial, when you face a voice in your head, you got to speak to it and say, no, I know who my God is. Because we do get hard pressed on every side. And in those moments of being hard pressed on every side, we have an opportunity to walk through it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And many times that's not some mystical thing. It's not some 12-step process. When you are hard pressed on every side, the position you should take is to get before Jesus If you feel like everyone's turned against you, you feel lonely, you feel despair, you feel crushed or perplexed or or destroyed or abandoned, you've got to get with Jesus. Your friends may be comforters. Your friends may be helpful. Your friends may be part of what you need, but you want to know what you need more than anything. You need to take heart. You need to find your courage in Jesus. You need to find a place with your eyes closed and your head bowed where you say, Jesus, here's where I'm at. This is what's happening. I'm perplexed. I'm destroyed. I feel despaired. Help lift me out of this, Jesus. Help me. Remind me who you are. And the God of the universe, the mighty God of the universe promises that he cares. He says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. He cares for you in a way that your pastor cannot care for you. He cares for you in a way that your friends and family cannot care for you. He cares for you in a way that your spouse cannot care for you. He cares for you in a supernatural way. He knows your every intention of your heart. And he loves you. He doesn't love you because of what you can do for him. He doesn't love you for the things you can accomplish for him. He loves you because you're his, made in his image, created on purpose. He loves you. And so when you get before him and you say, God, I'm perplexed. I feel despair. I feel anxiety. I feel like I can't do this. He knows exactly what to say. The great counselor He's called the Balm of Gilead. He's called the Rose of Sharon, the wise counselor. You have free counseling, my friend. You have free counseling in Jesus. Sit before him, turn on some music and say, God, speak, speak to me through your word. Speak to me by your spirit. And so many times God will drop a verse right in my heart and in my head I can't stop thinking about the, the the chapter and the verse, or the book and the chapter and the verse, and I turned to it, and there it is. I'll never forget a day where I felt despair. I was in the depths of despair. And I had two small children. At the time, they were little babies still toddling around. And these just hot tears just kept falling down my face, and I felt despair. And we were in the middle of our day, and I had nothing left in me, and I felt despair. I remember calling out to God out loud. Because I just couldn't stop and open a Bible because I had kids running around and things going on and people knocking at the door. And I just called out to God and I said, God, do you even see me? Do you even see me? And I'm just crying, 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 trying to hold back my tears so my babies wouldn't see me. And a chapter and a verse in Psalms dropped right in my heart and I opened to it and I said, all right, God, I need this. I, I hope I'm not just thinking this up on my own. And I opened it and he says, I see you where you are. I'm gonna cover you with the wings, like the wings of a bird, I'm gonna cover you. The right word and the right season. I could have called a friend and they could have said that to me, but the God of the universe spoke to me that day and reminded me that he sees me, that he's covering me. Now, it wasn't the last time that the Lord spoke to me or even the first time, but it stands out of that moment of desperation where I needed Jesus. And friend, he came through and he always comes through. So many times I call out to God and he gives me just what I need through his word. See, the Bible, it, it separates the intention of our heart. It separates bone from marrow. It, it dissects us, basically. It dissects our 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 lives, shows what we really are, what's truly in there. And it, it brings peace and it challenges us and it directs us. And so sometimes we may call out to God and we say, God, here I am. I'm perplexed on every side. I need you, I need you, I need you. And we hear nothing. That's the time where you say, God, illuminate your word to me and you just open it up and you begin to read and you begin to read and you begin to read. And sometimes I've read whole books of the Bible and I got nothing. But I got a lot because I'm reading the word of God. You continue to read, you continue to seek him. You continue to read, you continue to seek him because that verse in John has to stick stick to you. Have you made room for my word in your life? Go back and say, did God already speak to me and I'm not doing it? Has he already spoken to me again and again and again about the same issue and I'm not doing it? Is that why he's no longer speaking to me? Because he's already told me what to do when I'm not doing it. Have you made room in your life for his word, number one? And then secondly, are you walking through living a life for him? Are you walking through? Or do you just want to be set free instantaneously? without walking through obeying his word. God loves us unconditionally. His mercies are new every day. Day by day, he strengthens us. But listen, we have to walk in his way. We have to begin to change ourselves to be more like him. We have to make room in our lives for his word. We're housing the presence of God. We can't go on living as if we're not. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he in charge? Or have you taken the reins back to yourself? Sometimes being perplexed helps us to see that. Sometimes when we're in despair, it helps us to see that. It reminds us that maybe I've taken control back in my life and that's why I feel perplexed. I think that I'm in charge. You know, when we get discouraged... Many times it's because we have pride in our lives. Many times it's because we start to think that we are more than just a red solo cup holding a diamond necklace. We begin to think that we are to be glorified. We deserve position, power. But what we have is pride. We deserve this. We deserve that. Prestige. Money. People adoring us. And we become discouraged when we don't get all the attention we think we deserve or the things we think uh, we, we need to have. And that despair and that perplexity is not because we're following ha- hard after God. It comes because we've been disobedient to the things of God. Because we walk down an aisle with our head held high with pride instead of on our knees saying, God, it's all because of you. Everything I am is yours. Sometimes our perplexity comes because of our own pride. Sometimes our despair comes because of our own pride. God, I've done all this for you. I deserve for you to give me this. I live for you, God. I deserve a big house. I deserve a nice car. I deserve a position. God, you've seen me serve you year after year after year after year. Why aren't people recognizing me? They aren't recognizing you because you're acting like Jesus instead of a Pharisee. You might not get a position you want. Jesus never volleyed for a position. He volleyed to serve, to love, and to care for people. There's no lack of people. No lack of people to care for. No lack of good to do. No lack of joy to spread. See, our mission gets confused sometimes. We think it's to be elevated by God, when really it's to be brought low so we can know God better. Mother Teresa says that when someone goes without food for a day, when someone goes hungry because they're starving, it's not because God doesn't care for them. It's because we don't care for them. We are God's hands and feet extended. Our mission on earth is so big. Our mission on earth is so big. If you're listening to this, you probably live in America. You probably live in America. And you probably had breakfast and you'll have lunch and you'll have dinner. And you'll probably have a few snacks and maybe a coffee, and maybe a dessert. And the reason people are going without food is because we're not feeding them. I know there's complexities to that. I know there's a lot to it. But when simply put, it's true. We have more than we need. We don't have everything we want, but we have more than we need. Go look in your basement. Go look in your attic. Go look in your kids' room. Go count the number of uh, electronic devices in your home. We have more than we need. Sometimes we are perplexed and in despair because we are not doing the things that God has called us to do, and those things are humble things. God, help us to change. Help us to see you. Help us to make room for your word. Help us to walk through these things so we can know truth and it can set us free. God is on the throne. And through our obedience, we may be perplexed and despair. And that's where we need to refocus on God on the throne. And sometimes through our disobedience, we are perplexed and despair. And that's where we need to get things back in line and make room for the word of the Lord in our lives. Either way, day by day, Jesus stands waiting for you. Day by day, he has mission for you. And today, we need to find a place on our knees before the Lord in humility and say, God, I know who I am and I know who you are. Change me by your word. I pray that God would encourage you today, that the word of God, that the Bible would encourage you, fill you with courage today. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are ever-present help in time of need, ever-present you're never busy. You're always available to us. And so, God, I pray today for the one who feels anxiety, the one who feels let down, the one who feels like they are smushed and crushed and, and just a mess, that, God, you would come and be the lifter of our heads. That you would come like the balm of Gilead and soothe our weary souls. That, God, we would be infused by your spirit once again. That we would be infused by who you are. That a revival would take place in our heart. That revival would be to be obedient to your word. Obedient to your voice. Obedient to your mission. God, I pray we would live on mission. I pray that selfishness selfishness would be gone in the name of Jesus. That we would begin to look at you and your ways, we would begin to live them out, we'd begin to walk them out. And that God, when we do, we would be free. Thank you for that promise in your word that as we walk out your commands, that we will be free. I pray that we would make room for your word in our lives. I pray that God, we would push out any evil in our lives and we would make room for you, that you would truly be the Lord of our lives, that you would take the reins and be in control, that we would not control our lives and situations, but God, rather you would. In every area of my life, God, I need you. In every area of my life, God, I need you. Have your way in our lives. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mighty power at work within us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.